I could learn to be really good at bookkeeping. I can do that. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take me longer because I, I'm, I'm not interested in it. It's just, I just feel kind of worn out and drained when I do it. So <laughs> I'm going to pay somebody to do it. And I actually end up making more money by paying the person to do the bookkeeping and focusing on the things that I'm strong at, which is helping people reach their potential. Hi, this is your host, Nels Davis, and that was my guest, Sabrina Brom, a celebrated executive coach and consultant specializing in leadership excellence and business growth. She has many years of experience coaching Fortune 500 executives and helping organizations of all kinds transform and flourish. She has a podcast as well. And most recently, she's added the Clifton Strengths coaching to her repertoire. Now, Sabrina and I have been friends for a long time. We actually met many years ago on the ridge, as we say, up in the Northern California boondocks near Fort Ross, where we both lived at the time, very rural area. But since moving back down to the city, we've renewed our friendship, and it's always one of my great delights to spend time talking with Sabrina. I love talking with her. She's full of great insights for me in all different areas. So I wanted to ask her on the show to talk about strengths and the Clifton Strengths Finder from a trained practitioner's perspective, and it was a great pleasure to have her on the show. You're listening to episode number 87 of The Secrets of Product Management, formerly known as the All the Responsibility, None of the Authority podcast. The notes for this show, including links to all the books and resources that Sabrina mentions in this episode, as well as a link to her own site and materials, are at secretsofpm.com slash 87. And on her site, sabrinabrom.com, you'll find a leadership career quiz and a link to her podcast called Women's Leadership and a lot more information. Great stuff. Now, I've done several episodes recently about strengths and the Clifton Strengths Finder, mostly from the perspective of a layman. So I've been wanting to bring Sabrina on for a while to give us her perspective on strengths, plus some background on Clifton himself and his and others' contributions to positive psychology. And in our interview, Sabrina shares insights about strengths and our weaknesses, of course, and talks about how our mindset has a powerful impact on how much value we can get if we know our strengths. And by way of example, she gives me some insight into how I can think about using my own strengths, since those are the ones that I have handy. I started our talk by asking her about her background and how she got into coaching in the first place. I started out as a psychotherapist many years ago, and I began getting presidents of companies for clients, and they began to ask me how to do their organizational um, things. And so I got really interested in, in that and basically got almost a second master's degree in coaching from the College of Executive Coaching. So that was my start. And then one of my friends who was a, a top organizational development person hired me to do coaching and consulting at Stanford University. And that was a seven-year project that we had. And I actually a couple years ago, went back and did another project there. Since that time, I have worked with a lot of Fortune 500 companies and really become very excited about people and what, what their potential is. And my main goal all of the time is how can I amplify people's potential? And also, how can I amplify the work of the groups or teams that people are working in. You work primarily with leaders, yes. managers, that type of people? Mostly with leaders. Um, I do a lot of helping people get promoted in companies, help them with best practices. 
the reason I asked you on the show, and we've talked about this in the past quite a lot, is you're recently started to do a lot of work around strengths, the, the Clifton strengths. And I thought you'd be a great resource for my audience to learn more about strengths and how to make use of them, what they are. And I've talked a lot about strengths on my podcast, but more from a person that read the book standpoint, <laughs> as opposed to a real practitioner like yourself. So I was wondering if you could tell us briefly what are strengths and give us a little background on that whole set of concepts. Don Clifton, who was an educational psychologist and also a mathematician, came back from World War II and asked a question, where is where is the place in the library where you find out what's good about people, what their potential is? And he couldn't find a place like that. And what he noticed was all of the research and even everything that was happening in psychology was based on what's wrong with people, what are their neuroses, what are their weaknesses, how do we, how do we deal with that? And so Don Clifton began studying what are people's strengths? And he spent about 10 years researching, coming up with the top 34 strengths that people have. And then over the years, he kept developing that. He ended up buying the Gallup Corporation, and Gallup is now the owner of the Clifton Strength Finders. And what it has now been given to 25 million people has a very high validity in terms of is it is it true or accurate? And what it shows is it shows what your basic talents are, what the things that inherently you really, really like doing and you're good at. And it helps you to hone in on those so you can take those talents and turn them into being excellent in those areas. Now, the interesting thing is you do have things that you can see what your weaknesses are. So on the the 34, the, the top 10 are your, your basic talents. And then the very bottom ones are your weaknesses. And all of those things are available to you. And you could develop any one of them. Or the challenge is if you choose to spend all your time developing your weaknesses, you're going to be pretty exhausted and it's not going to be a lot of fun. So you can do it. It's just not as much fun as focusing on your strengths. So the payback for focusing on your strengths is much higher than the payback for focusing on your weaknesses. Yes. It's payback in terms of when you focus on your strengths and you really develop a program to excel in those areas, what they find is you're about you excel about eight times more than you would if you were focusing on your weaknesses. You can really amplify the results. You can amplify your potential. Right. So you can kind of stay mediocre and focus on all 34, or you can go to the top ones and you can really amplify them. So knowing this about strengths and that there's this, you have this ability to amplify, particularly if you focus on the your, your top 10 talents, let's say, what is the mechanism by which you go ahead and do that? A Clifton has an assessment that you can take, and it's actually it's not very expensive. You can you can do that on your own. Anybody can go to Gallup and take that assessment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies that's what they, that's what they do. They go pay the forty nine dollars, take the assessment, give it to people. 
one of the challenges is that they don't really know all of the potential ways that you can amplify people's strengths. And for many companies and many people, it almost becomes like a horoscope. So you'll hear people say things like, oh, yeah, I did that. I know my strengths. I did that. Oh, yeah, it was interesting. Oh, I didn't get that much out of it. Well, it's because they didn't dive in and, and do more. It would be kind of like deciding you were going to learn golf and you went and took one golf lesson or you're going to play chess and, oh, you watched a video on chess and you know what, you know, the king and the queen and the pawns and all the different things. In order to really utilize the strengths, you really need to dive deeper into it, whether you're hiring someone like me that has an expertise in it, or you just spend a lot of time researching all of the stuff that's available on Google. Going back to Clifton himself, it sounds like he was one of the original positive psychologists. I know there's lots of other interesting stuff going on in positive psychology. How does it all connect together? Yeah, he, he was, he's probably one of the top five, along with uh, Martin Seligman and uh, Chickson Mahali, and definitely fits in with everything in, in terms of positive psychology. But one of the fairly new things that I find most exciting that I think really helps to utilize strengths and really make it powerful is the work by Carol Dweck. She wrote a book called Growth Mindsets. If you begin to adopt the growth mindsets and then you bring in the strengths, it really, really amplifies the results you get. The growth mindset is learn, work hard, use strategies, seek help, learn from mistakes. The fixed mindset is never look dumb, don't work hard or seek help, run from difficulty. We all have fixed and growth mindsets. Let's say you're working with your strengths or maybe we're going to be talking about years in a little while. How do you know if you're in a fixed mindset and how will it impact the results you're going to get? So you know you're in a fixed mindset when you kind of get a block in your stomach or you feel like you can't do it, or you don't know, can I get? Can I be successful at that? Or how can I possibly achieve my goal because I don't have one of the four quadrants of the strengths in my strength finders, therefore I can't be successful. So we, we have all these things we say to ourselves that actually keep us from doing go, moving forward. What we've been taught a lot is, that we just keep working through that. Okay, well, we'll just power through that, okay? How do I keep powering through even though I don't have that? What Carol Dweck's work says is, just let that go and first off, understand that you have unlimited potential. You can do anything you set your mind to if you want to do it. And keep looking for ways to move around things that you where you think you can't do it. I can give you an example. Losing weight. I had this thing with, okay, well, I have trouble losing weight because apparently I put on weight easier than other people. Okay, well, that's a fixed mindset. And that actually keeps kept me from losing weight. The minute I said, well, wait a second, that's silly. What if I think about it differently? What What one little thing could I do that would help me lose weight? Amazingly, the weight started coming off. I could give you many examples for other situations where that really helps. 
So having the growth mindset of you can reach whatever goal you want, you can be whatever it is you want to be, and you want to keep the growth mind doing that really amplifies the strengths because now you can take those strengths and you can find a way to really utilize them in whatever goal you want to achieve. And I can see where a person might might have a weakness in a particular area, but by because they have a growth mindset, they think, well, let me see if I can use my strengths to help me get around that weakness. Right. Or let me see if there's some way to get around this weakness. Right. And you can you can go ahead and do the thing where you have a weakness. You have all the strengths. So you can do that if you want. Or if you want to save a lot of time and energy, you can hire somebody else that knows how to do that. I really like the way that it's all kind of connected and it gives you a sense of how to overcome blocks based on your weaknesses. Because you have a growth mindset, you know that there's a way to do it. There is absolutely a way to do it. Carol Dweck's work was so interesting. They would go into schools in ghettos or on Indian reservations where the kids never passed competency tests and they would teach them the growth mindset and these kids would end up excelling. They would get top grades. An uh, Indian reservation school got the top math grades in their whole district, which happened to include all the kids of the people who worked at Microsoft. And these kids did better than them and got better math grades. Why? Because they had the growth mindset. So that's a great intervention as well. Have the growth mindset in yourself. Yeah. So the growth mindset is, yeah. So for instance, I could learn to be really good at bookkeeping. I can do that. Mm -hmm. But it's going to take me longer because I, I'm, I'm not interested in it. It's just, I just feel kind of worn out and drained when I do it. So <laughs> I'm going to pay somebody to do it. And I actually end up making more money by paying the person to do the bookkeeping and focusing on the things that I'm strong at, which is helping people reach their potential. Right. I make more money. I'm more successful. I'm having more fun. Well, so we talked about this a little bit. We intimated it. So maybe quickly run through an example. I, I know that what my top five strengths are. Oh, I actually know the whole 34 because I did that test you mentioned. My top five Ideation, adaptability, input, connectedness, and positivity. We share connectedness and input. Is that right? I have strategic connectedness, learner, maximizer, and ideation. I always feel like learner and input are are similar, but yeah, ideation is the one we share. So choosing one of those, and obviously you could do a whole coaching sequence for me. I'm sure you could spend weeks with me, but maybe in in a few minutes, what are some of the things I should should know about one of these strengths and Potentially, what are some things that I should watch out for because of these strengths that I have? Okay. Or one of the strengths. I'd like to say something else first, and that is okay. the potential, the power of the combinations. Mm, mm -hmm. And so just like hydrogen and oxygen are two different elements, when you add them, when you do H2O, you get water. When you combine all the different strengths that you have in the different combinations, you end up getting a brand new thing that actually amplifies your potential. Wow. So I'm, I'll, I just wanted to mention that because it's, it's an aspect of understanding your strengths that you don't get from just looking at it yourself that you need an expert usually to help you with. Mm -hmm. It's not that you couldn't. It's just 
you know, somebody that's doing a lot practices. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of both. You have ideation. And that means you love ideas. You're really, really good at coming up with lots of ideas. Right. What you need is a way to bring those into focus and do something with them. Right. And one of the things that in terms of partnerships that would be very helpful for you is somebody that is an activator. That's another one of the strengths that really is, you know, so you're, you're working with on a team with somebody, the activator person, when you tell the ideas, they're going to go, great, let's go, let's put it together this way and do that. And that's going to be wonderful for you. It's, it's exciting. Now you've got that idea and it's, you, you designed the car. Now this person's saying how to put the wheels on and how to get the engine <laughs> together. So it really helps you a lot to do that. Yes. And it also helps you. You have adaptability and the ideation and the adaptability. They're, they're great together and you can keep morphing and changing the idea. And if you have somebody with the adaptability that has focus or strategic on the team or working with you, then they can help you go, okay, great idea. Let's get the analytical activator person and let's get the focusing, get moving on this. So I should be looking. So one of the truth facts about my strengths is that the executing themes, which are activator and some of the other ones, those are very low in my, in my ranking toward the end. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it sounds like I need, I need to find partners. Well, we all do. If we focus on everything we're weak at, we can amplify those and we can do something with it, but we're actually not going to ever achieve excellence in that area. And we're not going to knock it out of the ballpark. Right. You know, if, if you think about a football team or a baseball team, the players don't keep rotating into different positions. Exactly. You, you can have a great pitcher, but you need a great shortstop too. You need, you need the different players. And the thought that we could do all or be all things, it's the fixed mindset kind of hidden. It looks mm-hmm. like, well, that's a growth mindset. We grow everything, right? Right. But we're not really growing everything. What we're doing is we're impeding our growth by focusing on that, which is we're not very good at. So, you know, I mean, you and your wife are good at folk dancing. Mm-hmm. You like to folk dance, but I'm sure there's a kind of dance that you don't have a lot of interest in developing. Yeah. For, for both of us, different ones. Yeah. So what would be yours? Which one do you not want to develop? I'm not interested in ballet dancing, for example. Okay. But you could spend a lot of time on that. I could. And you would get better at it. Definitely. Yeah. But you would never get as good as you are at folk dancing. That's right. It, and it's it's mainly because you don't have the passion or the innate talent. Yeah, yeah. And same for activating. I mean, that's strength number twenty for me. Yeah. And I'm going to be better at ideation than activating, no matter what exactly. I do. We've talked about the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, the forty nine dollar. Is that the best way for people to go about finding out what their strengths are? What are some other, or do you just recommend everybody do that? And then here's some next steps. Um, I, th- I think hiring a coach that is good at the strength finders, if they want to hire me, they can go to sabrinabrom.com and do that. And there's other people listed if you Google it. 
but yeah, expertise in strength finders. I think that's really the best way mm-hmm. is to, to get a coach. You can do it on your own. If you do it on your own, the $49 and then watching the video that explains each one of your top talents is going to help a lot. If you're a leader, so you mentioned that a lot of times companies will just pay to have all the staff or a team take the test. What are some things that leaders should be thinking about? Now, and I actually have two, I'm thinking of two different types of leaders. One is typical people managers that have a team. But of course, product managers, we are leaders through influence. We don't have our own team, but we work with other teams. Any things that we could think about for both of those categories? I got to take it one at a time. Yep. They, they do kind of go together too, but leaders, if you know what your, your top strengths are mm-hmm. and your other people, then you're going to know who to, who to utilize for each task. And that's going to really, really make a difference. And you're going to know who not to utilize. Right. So for instance, if we take you again and we're talking ideation, positivity, adaptability, input, connectivity, if I've got a a detailed report that's going to take about 20 hours to put all the statistics in, I'm not going to give it to you. (laughs) I'm going to give it to the person that has focus and responsibility and they don't mind, and analytical, they don't mind sitting there for 20 hours, crunching the numbers, putting them in. It's actually fun for them. Believe it or not, you and I don't have those, so it's hard to believe it. <laughs> it's, it sounds deadly to me, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah. So the more, as a leader, I can find the people that have the talents and the passion to do the jobs I have, mm-hmm. the better results I'm going to get. As a leader, there's three basic things I want to keep improving, and that is morale, engagement, and productivity. Mm-hmm. By finding and utilizing the strengths of each person on my team, that's going to help. So, you know, if a whole team does it and you know what everybody's strengths are, it's really good. And what you find when you look at that is sometimes a team is working really well. And sometimes, let's say everybody on the team is the same as you. They've got ideation, positivity, adaptability, input, and connectivity. Mm -hmm. And we've got this 20-page report to do with all this analysis. Right. The team's going to have a hard time doing it. Yeah. Or we, we, need, we need somebody to be out there selling all the time and getting our product out. If we don't have somebody on the team that has maybe communication or woo or something, where they really like to get out and be with people, that's going to be a, an issue. Mm-hmm. So we don't want a team where everybody's identical. Right. Ideally, we want to we want to have different things. Kind of complementary strengths. Complementary strengths, right? That makes a lot of sense. And in terms of a product manager, if you know what other people's strengths are, if you if your whole if the team has taken them and you know that, that's very helpful to you because you can easily look up, you can Google it and look look up and find out best ways to com- communicate to different types of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. And so that can really help you because let's say somebody is analytical, you're going to want to present the data to them that shows them why the thing that you're doing as a product manager is really going to help the company and how this is statistically is going to change things. 
where if, if you have somebody that, let's say they have harmony and you can show them that when this product is developed this way, it's going to help people, their lives to be better and people will enjoy doing this certain thing better. That's going to get them more motivated. Mm -hmm. So understanding how to communicate with the different types of people as a product manager can be very, very helpful. That's great. And so it sounds like there's a lot of application sort of to persuasion as well, if you know your audience. Yes. Influence, your influence, your impact, and your ability to persuade will really, really increase when you're paying attention to who your audience is and how to best sell to them. What if I don't necessarily know the, I, I, like I can't get my team to take an assessment. What are some, can I implement some of these ideas without like exactly knowing what my team's strengths are per se? Sure. If you know your own, that's helpful to begin with. You can ask a couple questions that could be useful. One is, what is it about your work that really gets you excited? Mm -hmm. what, what, do you, what do you really like doing at work? And what things drain you or kind of take your energy away? Mm -hmm. Just those couple of questions will give you a lot of more information about how to work with them and communicate with them. Right. It's sort of like the very low, low fidelity strengths assessment right there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, if somebody tells you, you know, I, I just hate it when people just go on and on about ideas. I want to get to the point and I want to get working on things and I want things to happen. So you start getting ideas about how to connect with them. I think especially, you know, with what we've been going through with Zoom, it, I think it even amplifies it even more. And that is, when do we have time to individually talk to people and actually connect with them a little more? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope if you're listening to this, you're not thinking, well, there, there's no way to do that because that is a fixed mindset. And I'd like you to change that and understand that, that actually finding some way to individually have a conversation with that team that you want to influence with a person on those teams mm -hmm. is going to really amplify your results and help you to begin to calibrate and connect with each person and figure out how you want to message things. Right. And you can do that over Zoom if you need to, right? Yeah, do it over Zoom. Just because we're not in the same room doesn't mean we can't have a conversation no. individually. I worked with one company recently where I'm working with the C team, the top level team in the company, and they're telling me that they never have individual conversation with any of the other people on that team. And what I can tell you is the morale the engagement and the productivity at that company was low. Mm -hmm. And when they started connecting with each other individually, when they learned how to socialize their ideas between each other, meaning how do we, how do we get where we brainstorm, where we know the objections we each have to this mm -hmm. and work with those, that their results started changing. Yeah. And I think as a, as a product manager, you're connecting and finding out what, what do they like about an idea, what are their objections, and finding ways to overcome those objections will hugely change the results you get when you're working with the whole team. And with customers as well. And with customers as well, right. It's so interesting how what you just said ties in really well with some other podcast episodes I've done about things like objection handling, which is all about having had conversations to find out what's it's making people happy, what's making people unhappy, what they're resonating right. with. 
Yes, and let's so let's assume your your whole team took the assessment. Right. If you think you can now have a conversation and do great with that person without finding out who they are and how those strengths show up for them, you're really mistaken. Each person is going to uniquely do it a different way. And how does the combinations of strengths fit into that? It fits in because they're, for instance, in the first top five, there's only one in 127,000 people that have your same combination. And everything in your past and your belief system, if you have a fixed <laughs> mindset, you're going to have different ways of doing things than if you have a growth mindset. So they all, it all changes it. There's no way to really utilize the strengths without, without finding out about the others or sharing what you have. A, a good example, first off, they're not equally distributed, the 34. Mm -hmm. For the, the main ones, achiever, learner, responsibility, relator, strategic, those are the ones most people have. Mm -hmm. Then the others are, go down lower. And one of the ones down towards the bottom, I, let's see, it's fourth from the bottom in terms of how many people have it. No, I, it's about eight down. It's deliberative. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to tell you, so I, I was working with a team, and there was one woman on the team that nobody liked. And they didn't like her because they saw her as negative and always a naysayer. And she wasn't gung-ho on stuff. She was always, she slowed things down because she was asking questions. We did the strengths finder and it turned out that one of her strengths was deliberative. Mm -hmm. And a deliberative person is kind of like if you were in a war and you were sending out a soldier to find out about the what was going on with the other side, the enemy. Mm -hmm you would send out the, the scout who would make sure what's going on and what's the best route to take. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Deliberative is not negative. They're wanting to make sure there's no landmines or pitfalls on the road. The minute you explain to them that, no, it's okay, it, you know, we've taken care of this, we've answered these objections, they are going to be so gung-ho and help the team succeed. Now, when I talked to this woman about that, what she said, which is fairly common when you when you give the strength finders to people, oh well, I know I know I'm strong. Yeah, I know that's the way I think about it. Mm -hmm. Have you ever told anybody else that? Well, no, I've never explained myself to anybody. So her explaining that she needs to know this, mm -hmm. so she's making sure it's the project's going to work really well, changed everybody's opinion of her. And her opinion of herself, she now saw that she wasn't negative the way people were thinking she was. She saw that, no, she's positive and she wants good results to happen. It changed her so much that she went from being one of the workers to becoming the, the leader of this whole team. <laughs> so that's part of what happens is we're, we need to not just know what others are. We need to explain how our strength how we work with that and the kind of information that really helps us so we can be our best and contribute best to the team. That's a fantastic story. And it, it's it a little bit resonates with me, but slightly differently because some of my strengths, I didn't really expect them. They didn't seem, I, I was surprised, for example, my ideation as my top strength. I didn't really recognize that I was creative in that way. And then I, when I would reflect back after learning that, 
I started to see, oh yeah, look, I'm, I always am having these ideas, but I didn't think of it as something that I did. It was sort of, it's just cause it was normal. It's it goes back to this phrase that you and I've talked about. Your obvious is your art, right? Right. It was so obvious to me that I couldn't see it. It was like I was a fish swimming in the ocean and I couldn't see the ocean around me. So once you learned that, how did, how did that change you or the way you thought about yourself? Now I just expect myself if I am facing a problem that I will be able to have ideas about how to solve it. And does that make you feel any different about yourself? I have a t very different perception of myself actually because of that. Yeah. Tell me about that. It, it's hard, a little bit hard to, to ex explain, but I think that I felt that I w was waiting for other people to have the ideas. And now I just say, I'm probably going to be the one with ideas. I mean, other people, I'm open to other people's ideas as well, Uh huh. but I now just have expectation that if I start to work on a problem, I won't get stuck because of not having ideas. And that was, that was kind of a big change for me. Wow. So it, it sounds like it really, it increased your growth mindset. Oh, for sure. And your confidence maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And actually the other, the other one, I knew that I was adaptable already. Uh -huh. But the other big one for me that was kind of a change was positivity because I'm, po I've always been positive, but I didn't have a name for it. And so I will go into meeting situations and come out and somebody will say, wow, that was, they were really tough on you in there or your idea totally failed. And I, and I come out and I say, no, I, that was great. I learned some stuff and got some good feedback and I'm ready to go. And I think, I think we're on the right track, whatever. Right. It, it was always interesting to me how the different people had different perceptions of this thing. Right. But I didn't realize what it was that my, that my perception was actually like a, a strength that I should think about and focus on. And since then I have started to do that. Right. And in, 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 in terms of a theme, your uh, input and adaptability, when you have an idea, even if you, it looks like, wow, where is this going to go? that adaptability and input uh, input and also the positivity allow you to keep searching around until you find a way through. Yeah. So yeah. it becomes really powerful when you start adding these all together and very few people have that combination together. Mm. So it becomes what's so exciting about our unique talents is we have a unique perspective that we can bring to any situation that can really help ourselves and the whole group to really excel. Well, this is, this is really fantastic. Well, we could talk about this for like another few days, Sabrina, <laughs> but I think we have to, and we probably have to let will. you go. Yeah, no, we will for sure. In our, in, in our personal conversations for sure. But I recognize that you have uh, another appointment coming up and so we need to finish up. If anybody wants to reach out to you or learn more about what you do, and I know you have a podcast, maybe you could say a couple words about that and then we'll finish up. Okay. Well, sabrinabrahm.com is one thing you can do to contact me. It's got information about me. Also, um, there's a quiz you can take. It's the career development quiz and you just, type in career development quiz, it'll take you to a quiz that will show what level of leadership you're at and um, give you some results. And that's my quiz that I 
put out there. And I can send you the link to that if you want to put it up on your the podcast. Sure, I'll, I'll put all the stuff in the show notes. And I have a radio prog- program, Women's Leadership Success. And even if you're not a woman, there's a lot of good leaders that I'm interviewing and um, good information on this show. Can we learn from women, Sabrina? Can I think, we? I think we can. I think we can. Well, excellent. That's fantastic. And so I'll put all the links to that information into the show notes. It's been fantastic having you here, Sabrina. It's always a delight for me to to talk with you, irrespective of whether we're recording it for a podcast episode or not. And so I look forward to the next time as well. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you. I want to thank Sabrina again for joining me on the episode. I thought our talk was great. I really love talking with her whenever I get a chance. And I want to thank you, the you listeners, for joining me here as well. For more information on strengths, positive psychology, and links to Sabrina's information, check out secretsofpm.com slash 87. And if you have questions or comments or just want to say hi, don't hesitate to drop me a line at nils at nilsdavis.com. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, this is Nils Davis. Bye-bye.